Good luck. I hope after we can be friends. I hope so. Of course, they're sportsmen, not soldiers. James Brown. We're going over here to kick somebody's ass this weekend. We had to get in the mood for it. So, what'd you think about that, James? You like it? Uh, it was something different. Look at him. He's like, uh, all right. He's already got the James Brown Dude, lyrics. Eddie Murphy did a that bit. That was a trademark lyric. Yeah. yeah. Eddie uh. Murphy did a bit about James Brown one time. Oh. And it was, yeah, it was just yeah. him spewing like the, the jibber jibber, yeah. you know, jibber jabber stuff. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But, anyways. Yeah, that's one of the funniest comedy DVDs, movies of all time. Raw. I laugh. I laugh harder every time I watch it, and I've been watching it for thirty years. Yeah, you know, yeah I was yeah. too young to watch it when I watched it. The first Dude, time I movie. remember the first time I saw it. I think I was twelve or thirteen, and I went into a video rental store in Hawaii where we lived. Yeah, and they were playing it in the store, <laughs> and me and my buddy sat there and watched the entire thing. Really? Yeah, that's that's how I saw that it. That would have never happened in East no. Texas. Never. <laughs> but I can't really wrap my brain around now that it actually happened then. But right. That's it. That's how I remember it. Awesome, man. What's up, people? Moto X Pod Show brought to you by Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Designs, Shock Socks, uh, All Sport Dynamics, TPJ Racing, PMP Sprockets, York Welding, and Fab. I'm your host, Mark Poole. Did I miss one? No, I didn't. No, I just realized we got to pick a winner tonight. Oh, yeah. The Goon Riding picks, huh? Yep. Mm. All Sport Dynamics. We were going to pick one. Hopefully, you got that written down because I don't. I've got got a group of pictures so we can pick when we're in break. We'll go through. Decide what we want. We'll go through them and decide. Yep. The man speaking to me right now is the one and only Dark Side. What's up, Jamie? Not much, man. Ready for some MX of Nations this weekend. MX of Nations. It's time to go over there and handle business, guys. Business. Mm. You know, I'm really – obviously, I want us to win. I want us to do well. But I'm also really excited about Team Canada after having Courtney on a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks ago. Like, I've been following her on Instagram, and their, mm. their gear looks sick. So, 
I feel like I've got two teams to pull for. There you go. Well, hey, I'm down with the Canadian team too, yeah. man. I hope they do well. I'm just, I really think, I think we're gonna we're gonna handle that this weekend. Yeah, yeah. That. I think we're. I think it's ain't gonna nobody be. Met, ain't nobody gonna beat Osborne in MX2. Nobody. Right. They, they, ain't nobody. Nobody. They're not going to. And I think Sealy will do well, and I think Covington will do good, and we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. It's gonna be fun. I'm bleeding red, white, and blue, some bitches. That's right, the way right. To go. Hell yeah. I'm ready to handle this. I uh, I don't know how I'm going to watch it yet. I'm not really sure what the the viewing is for it. You know, we'll be at the Pro Challenge this weekend, but, of course, their time schedule is different. So I haven't looked into any of that yet to see how it's going to be watched. Well, the race but, itself will be Sunday. So, which would Yeah, maybe, but what time? Like, middle maybe, of the night? Our time, or where is the fucking race this year? Oh, pardon me. Where's the race this year? <laughs> I don't even remember now. You just threw me for a loop. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have to pull all that information up as far as TV time and all that stuff. I hope nobody. I hope nobody listening has a problem with cursing. I really do. <laughs> so if you do, kiss my ass. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Anyways, oh man, good show lined up for you guys tonight. We're gonna have Geico Honda's Christian Craig on to uh, discuss all things that are Christian Craig. I want to hear yeah. a little bit about that new bike, Geico and, Honda, uh, Geico Honda, and and all the good stuff. Then for yep. locals only. Uh, we're going to have two guests. Uh, guest number one, Mr. Kirk Hunter. Uh, helmet painter to the yep. stars now. Extreme colors. Extreme colors. I believe he just painted the lid for you. Let's he did. See. I just got my new helmet back, the the Fly Carbon F2 helmet that I won from the Fly Moto 60 show. Yeah. Just got it painted. And, uh, you know, Kirk's painted a lot of cool helmets for a lot of people. Uh, he even – a lot of people don't know this, and I don't remember the year, but he's real good friends with Hedgie with Oakley. Oh, yeah? And he actually – painted the uh, Disney Nation goggles for Team USA two or three years ago. Wow. I, I actually have one of the straps he gave me the other day, and we'll have to ask him about that. So he's had some pretty cool connections with different people, and, I, you know, I, he's painted a lot of helmets for a lot of people. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, got, we're going to have uh, our buddy Hal Simpson on, too, after yep. him to join us, talk a little local moto, How Hal's a Houston native. and. Uh, yeah, I think he just raced this weekend, or he's racing this weekend mm-hmm. at one of the District 40 races. Yeah, Hal is a uh, is a is a vet factory KTM rider. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we're gonna hear what he. Yeah, has he's to say. he's really good people. For those of you that listen to the Pulp Show, he's Hal. He calls in as Hal, and uh, the, only, the only Hal that calls in. Right, he's uh he's bought some Get Data through you know the the show, the Pulp Show, and he's called in and talked about that. So that's that's how you guys mm-hmm. may be familiar with him, and uh, just a really really nice guy. Big races coming up this weekend, not just Motocross of Nations. We're having our annual Pro Challenge here in Tyler at Swan. It's always a big race every year, always a good turnout. Somebody somebody you see on TV will always show up. Yeah. This deal, a couple people. Yeah, I'm not real sure. We we don't have any confirmations on who's going to be here. I do. I did talk to Kyle Cunningham last week. Mm-hmm. He was, was not sure. He's working on some deals. I'm not sure he knows what he's doing next no, year. No, he doesn't. Day. And then I sent a text to Top Jimmy, who's – Never responded to me as of yet, so don't know if he's coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Chiz texted me and said he probably wasn't going to make it. Just financially, like the only way he would make any money is if he won for sure, and that's kind of risky, which, you know, I get it. Yeah, that's a long drive. It's out of his own money. Yeah, um, yeah. Van Martin, one of our local guys, just had surgery. Yeah, John be. Short just had surgery. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we don't really know. Yeah, my buddy John Moeller, too, that's sitting yeah. with us. Moeller, he's hurt right now, too, right. so he's not coming. Yeah, and, and I know like Michael Gage is going to race. Um, my buddy, long time Texas pro. Um, you know, those of you that know Skippy from the Pulp Show, he's going to come up and race a two-stroke. Uh, there's going to be a lot of guys there. It's going to be fun, no matter what. It's, you know, it's 20 minutes of watching some of these guys haul ass. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it should be a good time. The racing's always good no matter what. They'll do the, you know, the 450 motos one day and the 250 motos the next day. Yes, and, yes. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, it's always good. So I might even race myself this weekend. Of course, I don't race pro class. So, so you might as well sign up. Sign up under a different name because maybe <laughs> maybe there won't be a big – I hope there's a huge turnout, but I just – you know, you never know. You never know with these local right. deals. Usually it's a full gate. Well, I tell you what, one of the first pro challenges I went to, I had a, um, a buddy of – my friend Michael Gage has a buddy. I can't remember his uh, name. I'll talk – Rod. Rod, yeah. His name was Rod. Very, very slow guy. But he rode the pro class. He didn't care. Because every once in a while, he'd show up, and there'd be three guys there, and he'd make some money. Yeah. Well, he rode the pro challenge one year. The year one of the years Robbie Rayner was here, and Rayner crashed, and he beat Robbie Rayner. And that's really all he cared about. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I beat Robbie. Yeah. That's hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I beat Robbie Rayner and one And the time. fact that he crashed is beside the point. Right, <laughs> right yeah. I, so, you know, I'd love he, to get Robbie back down here to race that deal, but I don't think yeah. Robbie does too much racing anymore. No. It's like the 125. Did he race Loretta's this year? I don't think so. I don't think he did. I no. Mean, I don't remember hearing any uh, anything about him. So I don't either. No, I don't think he did. But I don't know, man. I, I'd like to race. We'll just have to see what happens. But Yeah, so besides Team USA, who do you think is going to be podium? Great Britain. They're going to be. Yeah. Great. They're going to be. France? It's either going to be Great Britain. I don't think France is. They've had too many people hurt. I they did have a bunch of guys hurt. So, I don't think. I think it's either going to be Great Britain or the U.S. wins. Of course, I think it's going to be the U.S., but they got a tough team to deal with, man. Anstey, Searle, and Wilson are no joke. Yeah. You know? Dude, yeah, Dino. Yeah, I, I like Dino. Mm-hmm. He's a Moto X-Pod alum. So. Yeah, Dino's been over there riding a bunch, too. Yeah, he is. So he's fired up, man. He's still he's still fired up from having to be a privateer early last year. You know, He's got things to prove. Well, speaking of that, I mean, it worked out well for him. How well, how well, what do we think is going to happen with Justin Barsha on that deal? And I, I just, you know, I want to think the guy's talent's still there and that he should be able to do it, but sometimes people are just head cases. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't stoked on his environment over yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, we I don't, don't know. You know, don't we know don't that, know him personally, so we don't really know. No, but you, yeah. You, you can't – that talent cannot just go away. Well, you don't There's go something from – you don't go from winning main events in Supercross to that without and winning nationals and, and winning nationals yeah. and 250 titles galore. And right. I mean, it's still in there. I just, we'll see what it, maybe this reinvigorates him too, you know? Honestly, I'd love to see him come out mm-hmm. and win Monster Cup in a couple of weeks. That'd be cool. It would be. You know, yeah. I mean, let's, let's give us another storyline to follow for next, for 18. And yeah, let's have another guy in there because I want to see five, 10 guys capable of winning. I don't want to see Musk and Tomac. Just run away with it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, they're not just going to run away with it, though. The 94 will be back out there. It's looking like. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll be back. I just hope he's up to par. And he's one of those guys that probably will be. Kenny, Kenny's just got this unwavering belief in himself. <laughs> yeah. And you can't beat a guy like that. Right. You just can't yeah. do it. Like, he will just keep coming. You That's know? a pretty key factor. You're right. Mm-hmm. Stubborn German. I got German blood in me, too. So, that ought to tell you. <laughs> you know how stubborn I can be. So, uh, but he's not messing around. I think Kenny will be back on the ball this year. And, um I think it takes a few rounds to get going. Now, with Kenny Roxon though, who the hell knows? Yeah, he may come out and smoke everybody. Well, he needs to let it take a few rounds to get right, going. Right, Because we've seen in the past, he'd be starting off and then he'll get hurt. I don't know if he has that kind of patience. He's he still pretty young. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> you know, and he, he's cocky. He the wants, dude's a killer, He man. wants to come out and smoke everybody. Yeah, well, after listening to Cooper Webb on the Pulp Show last night, I really think we're going to see some good shit from him this year. I hope so. Here, yeah, man. I hope so. You know, I, that was a good interview. And, uh, yeah, he seems like his head – yeah, he, he feels like the new 2018 Yamaha is much, much better for him mm-hmm. than the 17. You know, through some of the shootouts, we've heard there's not much, that much difference. But it doesn't really matter. If he thinks there's a difference, what I, that's what, what matters. What I really liked about him is he was honest about it, but he didn't, like, completely blow the bike out. He, he did right. take a lot of responsibility for 
for that. And it just in, in in essence, like the jump to that class is really hard. Yeah. Oh, and no doubt. Maybe he thought it was going to be easier. It was. I don't know what he was thinking, but right. I'll say this: like he knows what he's got to do now. So watch out because he's another one. You just yeah, can't his have. rookie season's over. Let's you got to get after it now. He's got an unwavering belief in himself too. Like he knows what's up. He'll do it. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we'll see what happens with Barsha. Maybe he's over it. But the fact that he's buying a bike and trying to go nah, racing, I don't think he's, he's over not it. over it. He wants know? to keep racing. You that know? ought to tell you something. Yeah, he wouldn't do that. He doesn't have to. Right. So. No, I think I think we're gonna see. I think Monster Cup's gonna be pretty exciting this year. Yeah, man, we'll see. I don't even know who's racing. I don't know either, obviously, but we know who we think's gonna race. Obviously, you know, probably almost anybody on a new bike. I would think's got it. New with new sponsors like Millsaps and those guys. I would think they're gonna show up. Well, because, if they've got, especially if they've got a green claw in their yeah, helmet. Brock, uh, you know, I hope Brock tickles out there. Uh, Bogle. I hope all those guys are there. Yeah, they're all riding their bikes now. I would think Bogle and Pike would both be there. I would think Tickle probably too. Yeah. Um, Tomac, of course. I know Brock's still working on some of his deals from what I hear, but uh, yeah, I think I think that a lot of those guys are going to be there. I think most of the big name guys, other than maybe like maybe Marvin won't be there. Br- Brayton won't because Brayton's over in Australia. Right. Right. I bet Marvin is there. Yeah, I don't know. I know he's already signed you know, up to do that. recovering a little bit, from trying to Paris Supercross. He signed oh, okay. up to race that, so maybe he does Monster Cup. I don't know. I don't we'll know see. what the timeline is. It's only a couple end. weeks, right? Like, is it two, three weeks? Dude, I don't know. I, mean, I know it's coming up, but I don't know. We sound very professional. Well, no, it's uh, it's only a couple. Yeah, you're right. I think it's, it's a, like a week weeks. or two after Mo- after Motocross of the Nations, right? Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I know so. Straight Rhythm's coming up, too. That ought to be uneventful. Which, by the way, is a remix. Nothing but 90s two-strokes. No, one class. No, yeah, not just 90s. Well, not 90s two-strokes, two strokes. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be so cool. Yeah, that is cool. going to be cool. I'm pretty stoked on that. You know, And I guess apparently neither one of the Stewart brothers are going to be there, which, you know. Shocker. So <laughs> that kind of sucks. But. Hey, I'm a huge James Stewart fan. And I've been watching Supercrosses from 07, 09. Yeah. And you forget when you don't see that mm-hmm. just how on another level he really was by today's standards, by those days, by any standards from any James was incredible. The things he did on those bikes it was just ridiculous, dude. Yeah. I've been watching. I've got a, uh, one terabyte external hard drive full of 1970s all the way up to almost current motocross races that I got. Um, well, I have unlimited data on my phone, so I just hit Blazer's YouTube channel. Right, yeah, yeah. Blazer's, <laughs> yeah. Blazer's uh, definitely is has all that stuff stored up. But uh, man, I've got I've got so much stuff that I could probably take six months off of work and just watch race after you race. Be a after good race. locals. Only guess is him. We ought to try to get him some. Yeah, yeah. I bet Tony would do that. Him. Sure, yeah, he's a good dude, man. I've been following him on Twitter for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's personable. Talk to him. He's very, very knowledgeable. Yeah, good. Yeah, man. So, our community is just great. Yeah. Everybody's so helpful. So, are we ready to start getting into our first guest? <sighs> Why, yes, Jamie, we are. <laughs> and with that, we're going to get to our first guest. He's Geico Honda's Christian Craig. Christian, what's up, man? Not much. What's going on, guys? Just hanging out. We're talking a little bit about the uh, MX Nations coming up and the Monster Cup coming up and just getting excited already for 2018. Yeah, yeah, the last, past couple of weeks have been kind of boring with our and stuff. Well, um, have they really should, though? Should or, have they really been boring, or have you really been? I mean, I know you guys don't get much of a break, so have you really been having some good family time? Well, yeah, the first couple of weeks were actually pretty nice, I'd say, but then now it's kind of at the point where my weekends are boring. Right. So, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, so it's not too bad. It's all right though. I'm gonna ask the question that probably everybody's asking you: How awesome is that new bike? I mean, 
it's it's pretty good. It's it's a lot better than the 17, and and it feels just like the the 450, the new 450. So, um, you know, I was riding that all summer, obviously, and so when I got on the new 250, I, I kind of felt comfortable right away. So, um, you know, I think we're already going the right direction with the team, and and everybody that's rode the bike on the team has loved it. So. No, it's a it's a step in the right direction with Honda and everything. So absolutely, uh, I'm excited, especially for for Supercross. The bike just turns so well. So um, I think everyone's gonna improve on it. Right. So I mean, you you had like you said, you rode the 450 outdoors this year. You know, you kind of had a little injury, but I mean, you really you had a good season. I think for the with the fact of missing a couple races, did that really help you out riding the 450? Like to did it kind of prepare you in some way for riding the 250 next year? I think big time. Um, when I first got on the 450 before outdoors, I was kind of lost with the bike. It didn't even feel like a Honda to me. Um, it was a completely new bike. And then, you know, after we tested for a while, I got comfortable on it. And then, uh, so I think that, that, uh, helped me out big time riding that all, all summer. And then jumping on the 18 250, I feel like I'm already ahead of the game with, with testing and how the bike feels. So, um, yeah, the summer went, pretty decent for me i uh obviously got hurt in the second round missed i think four rounds i think it was total so um it sucks missing rounds but uh you know that's what happens when you get hurt yeah it's part of our sports and everybody you know everybody knows it's good it's just gonna happen that's the way it is but you came back strong and uh you know you made a real good showing uh i, I i'm not really sure what your deal is right now are you gonna be on a 450 and 18 for outdoors well, I'm signed to uh, do 250 indoor and 250 outdoor, but, um, you know, you never know what, right. what, what happened this year, how I jumped up, you know, filling in for someone. You never know again, but um, either way, I'll be fine on either bike. I think I could ride a 250 outdoor just fine. I've, I've podiumed the moto before, so, um, yeah, I'll be ready either way if we take each bike, but rise up right now, I'm 250 indoor and out. Yeah, you're no slouch either way it goes, man. <laughs> I, think, I think you're going to do pretty well regardless. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too worried about that. So, yeah, right. So I, we we I asked you a little while ago off air. You're out in SoCal right now. Um, when do you go back? To, are you will you be going back to the nest to train? Um, that's all up in the air right now. Uh, for Supercross, I'll be out in, in SoCal mainly just to the the teams out here. We have uh, you know, just we can test whenever we want. We have a track, a Honda track out here. So, um, Supercross, I feel like this is the place to be. And then outdoors, I for sure want to go back east again. I don't know where I'll be, but, uh, you know, the summer was, was awesome with uh, being at the Nest and riding with all those guys. So um, either way, I'm going to be back east for, for summer. And it just helps with traveling and sure. and all that. So, no, I'm uh, – but, yeah, I'm here for – and super cool. – I'm here for at least till Vegas and SoCal. So, okay, yeah. Well, Christian, you spoke of, you know, weekends being a little boring, not being at the races and stuff. So what, what do you do in your downtime? Do you guys still ride and train on weekends? Do you rest? Uh, do you play golf? What, what, what do you got going on out there when you're not riding? Well, I'm pretty hooked on golf right now. Um, me and Cole Seeley got hooked on it like three rounds ago and outdoors. We started playing in Florida and um, it kind of bit us, you know, we just haven't stopped golfing since. So <laughs> that's taken up a lot of my, my downtime. Um but uh, Saturdays, we usually do a, a big bike ride just to, whenever we're not racing, we do a big bike ride with uh, with our trainer. And then um, if I have time on the weekends, I go golf with my brother or something. But Or I spend time with the family. You know, we go to the beach or something and, and uh, you know, keep it busy. I don't like to sit on the couch much. 
So. Right, right. I imagine you're having to keep all the girls off Jagger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he seems to get all the attention wherever we go, so. Right. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, you guys are gonna have to watch him when he gets to be a teenager. He's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know what it is. This is charm or something. Whatever it is, uh, he's got it for right. sure. For sure. You met. You mentioned uh, playing golf and hanging out with Seeley as you know he was your teammate outdoors this year. What do you think? You know, he's kind of un- people don't really um, necessarily give him a lot of credit for what he did this year and and outdoors, he, right? Outdoors, and he got picked for the MX of Nations team. And personally, we think he's going to do really well. Uh, you know, what what are your feelings on the MX of Nations with our team and your your friend Seeley? Yeah, I think he's going to do well. Um, I obviously spent the whole summer with him, and now we're uh, we're pretty much training partners. We're going to spend uh, when he gets back from MX of Nations, we're going to be full on like riding and training together, and just getting ready for Supercross. So, um, we built up a pretty cool relationship. I've known him for a long time when we raced on a uh, Troy Lee team, and then. Yeah, once we uh, we both moved to Florida this summer, uh, we got pretty close and and spent a lot of time together. So it was it was cool to to learn from him. And he's uh, I don't know why people are like bashing on him getting picked for MX Nations. He's just a good rider all around. You know, people say he's a Supercross specialist, but right. he's coming outdoors and and you know during the week when we're right, when we're riding, he's flying. So yeah, um, I'm not worried. I think he's he'll be in a good place and um, he'll be all right. I said the same thing. Like I heard people saying, "Oh, he's not the right guy to go." Bull crap! I mean, dude, podium him out, podium, get on the podium in a 450 moto is legit. Like, and he's a very, very yeah. amazing rider. Anyways, I feel like he's gonna do fine over there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not worried. I mean, I think he's gonna put himself in a good spot, and and he's consistent too. He's, right. he's strong, and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, which that's what we need him over there. Absolutely. So. That's that's unfortunately one of the many negatives about this sport is if you are not the winner or second place, you suck, you know, and yep. it, it's just kind of yep. ridiculous how, uh, you know, the media and the fans are, and I guess it's that way with every sport, but because our sport's so small, it, it seems much more prevalent. I never you know? understood that. Yeah. I've so, you know, if you're not Ken Roxton, you're not Ryan Dungey, then you don't deserve a ride. <laughs> and it's really ridiculous. Unfortunately, I wish there was more rides and more teams, uh, to build. Yeah. Yeah, but I think our sport's growing little by little, and sure. um, you know, Supercross is all obviously pretty big, and um, it's getting bigger, and I think it's gonna get it's gonna get better. So, um, you know, getting a top ten in outdoor or Supercross is tough. It's just the people that don't do it um, don't realize how hard it is. So, right, um, it's fine. You can let them all talk. It's, <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, you know, with Supercross coming up, um, there's supposed to be some changes coming with next year. I'm, I'm hearing there's going to be some rounds where there's going to be three main events and no no last chance qualifiers and a few other little changes possibly. How do you feel about that? You know, they've talked about implementing the chase possibly. As a racer, how do you feel about that? Um, I think a little bit of change would be good. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, they changed the time to the time main events last year and I don't know if people like that just because of how chewed up the tracks got and how sketchy they got. Um, I don't know if that went in, you know, in the right direction, but um, they learned from it. I don't know if they're going to do that again, but uh, right. I think change is what we need for sure. Um, you know, they're just to test out stuff, you know, try try those three main events or try the chase and see what the riders think and see what how the TV ratings are. So um, it's better than not trying anything, you know, and staying to how they've been forever. 
Well, listening to the Pulp Show last night, they kind of dropped a little hint that some things are coming. Yeah. What they are, not exactly. Nobody knows yet because they haven't announced it. But maybe that the, the 310 lap main events or there's going to be a few more East-West Coast shootout races, which I think is pretty cool. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I love seeing all you guys race. The more I can see the two, each you know coast, coast. race is better to me. Yeah. Yeah, it makes everything more exciting. So, I mean, it doesn't do anything for us. We're just, just another race for us. Right. Um, but to help anything with uh, growing our sport, I think, is the right direction. Yeah, I think 2017 was an amazing year for Supercross and Motocross with the way that the championships came down and how close some of the, right, the, the, the points were. And that's what we want every year. And sometimes maybe you have to manufacture that a little bit with something like a chase, you know. And as a racer, I know, like, Dungey was adamantly against that. You know, I'm sure if you're leading the points, you don't want to go into, you know, halfway through the series and say, all right, well, you don't have that points lead anymore. But as a fan, I want it to be close. I don't want it to be over three, with three rounds left. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how it's been for the past however many years. Is it gets wrapped up early, yeah. you know. And so when it does that for so many years, um, it's time for a change. You know, you want it to come down to the last round every time, no matter what. Right. And, uh, you know, we got lucky with that this year where Tomac started coming on the final races and then it made it interesting. So, sure. um, yeah, I think they entertain the people and it'll bring more people to the TV and more people to the races, especially the last couple of rounds, you know, they're not going to get boring at all. Right. You you may not know well, the answer to this question, uh, but just just curiosity, uh, everything with the team staying the same, like sponsors, so on. I know I, we know what the what the uh, what the team roster is, but like, do, do you know anything about that? Or um, as of now, I mean, everything's still pretty much the same. Um, I don't I haven't heard anything about sponsors. I feel like everything's going to stay the same. Obviously, it's just the new bike that we're uh, we're all getting used to, and the team is uh, scrambling to to get that bike ready quick so we can start testing here soon but um sponsors riders i feel like it's uh as of now it's all the same now are you guys uh, acclimating to uh dan bentley pretty easily from uh, i know the larocco's been there for a long time and uh i know dan's gonna take over that role yeah yeah I've, uh, luckily i obviously spent the summer in 450 and and he was the team manager over there so uh, i've known dan for a while and um, I got to know him really well through this summer, and, and then uh, obviously he's our team manager now. So um, he's a he's a good guy. He's been around for a long time, just like Larocco, and um, he brings good input to the team. So uh, he fits he fits right in there. So um, I'm kind of bummed on Larocco, but uh, you know the team uh, wanted Dan. So um, I still talk to Mike here and there, and I actually saw him at Chipotle a couple days ago, and we <laughs> talked. So. <laughs> Um. Yeah, uh, Dan's a good guy though, so I'm looking forward to uh, working with him. Is is the Rock gonna keep some stay on with some type of role, or is he completely done? Um. Right now, he's completely done. But uh, I mean, he's always a phone call away. He said, you know, if I, if I have any questions with uh, bikes or anything, you know, he's just been there for so long. It's uh, he's always like helped out with bike setup and right and all that stuff. So. Um, I feel like I'll, I'll make some calls you know, maybe throughout this off season, just maybe have him come out. It'd be cool to, to have his input also. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's definitely very knowledgeable. And, uh, from what we hear, and I think you, you were one of the guys that talked about that on the pulp shows, 
he see he's he has a good sense of humor once you get to know him and it can be a funny guy and I, I wish we could see that side of him. Right. <laughs> yeah, but he said he doesn't want he wants everybody to to be afraid of him. So right. <laughs> once you once you get to know him, that's how you break him down. But, there you uh, go. I was like, dude, you everybody's scared of you and he's like, Good, that's how I want to be. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah um, you're quite a bit you're quite a bit younger than Mark and myself. Uh, my first Supercross ever was 1990 Anaheim, and uh, which was like McGrath's rookie year as a 125, I think, yeah. and LaRocco. And I, ha- I still have the picture when he was on Team Suzuki with his uh, mullet, his oh, curly that, that mullet. That mullet was legit. Yeah, oh, man. yeah. Man, he was, a, yeah. he was a bad dude back then. You know, I didn't even know who he was that day. I was kind of just a noob walking into this thing and fell in love with the sport. But, yeah, LaRocco's been around a long time. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously grew up around the sport, so right. um, I watched him, you know, throughout my whole life, and yeah. always looked up to him. So he's well, uh, he's a good dude. I went to get his autograph at the at Dallas. It was either ninety three or ninety four. I don't remember which year. And his facial expression never changed the whole time. Like he just looks. He doesn't. I don't even think he blinked actually. Right, right. But I was just like, man, this is a scary dude. <laughs> which, I think actually my. Yeah. My first, like, pro race of any kind like that was in Vegas. We went to the Mickey Thompson Off-Road Series, mm-hmm. Ultra Cross, and your dad, Mike Craig, That's right, the was did those. insanely unreal fast. Like, those tracks weren't very technical, but as a kid, I didn't know. All I knew is this guy was destroying anybody else that was out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my dad was good back in the day. He's one more than me, so... Um, <laughs> Until I beat his record, which he has a one win in each class, uh, which I think is going to be tough to. Obviously, it's hard to get a 450 main event win, but um, yeah, he was a bad dude back in the day. Well, I'll tell you what, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I could definitely see you doing that, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's my goal is always to to win, and especially uh, a 250 championship would be the would be the thing to do. Right on. Well, how how is the stingray? You talk to him much? Um, not a ton, but uh. Obviously, he lives down here by me, and, and I'll see him at the track sometimes. And um, you know, he he watches all my races, but um, he's kind of he kind of stepped away after I went pro and just let me do my thing. So yeah. I think that works out best. Yeah, you don't want to have a full you know moto dad. Right, <laughs> sure. right, right. I got a chance so. to uh, I got a chance to hang out with him a few years ago here in Texas. I guess he was down here with some of his amateur kids, and uh, just just real brief one day they were. It was raining. Everybody was trying. I guess they were all trying to find a place to ride, and he showed up at the place we were at. And he's a cool guy, man. It was cool getting to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's always been the same. He's just uh, always wide open, you know. <laughs> all right. <laughs> full, full ADD, and he's just he's crazy. But uh, yeah, he's always been like that. Right. Good stuff. So. Before we wrap this up, um, do you, do you think that you would uh, would you become a moto dad when Jagger comes of age and is ready to start riding? <laughs> I mean, he's already got a he's already got a PW in the garage, so uh, I just want him to know how to ride a dirt bike. You right. know, I don't I don't care if he if he wants to race or not. I just want to be like, hey, you know, well, you want to go ride this weekend, and I want him to be able to know how to do it. Yeah, but so, but you and Paige um, are okay with that. Like, it's, sometimes racers don't want their kids to ride. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I mean, I've been through a lot of injuries and stuff, but it's just so fun still just yeah. to go to races and now to have him there. Um, it's the way I grew up, you know, and it was just a lot of fun, obviously, watching my dad race. So, Absolutely. Um, if he wants to do it, but if not, I've been taking him golfing with me, too, so that's fine. <laughs> I was about to say, put a golf club in his yeah, hand. Yeah, no doubt. Golf He's face, been, uh, Yeah, he knows everything about the golf clubs already, so uh, I'll be fine with that. Well, r- before we let you go, i got to um, get you, get you your best Ryan Bailey story. 
<laughs> oh, Flying Ryan? Flying yeah. Ryan. Yeah. You got oh, it. I don't know what his story is. I know he's a good golfer. He beat me one of them. So, I mean, um, okay, one good story is uh, me and Cole were hooked on golfing, like, in Florida, and he obviously was working with Cole. Right. So, um, he came along, and he had no idea how much we were going to play, and we actually played at two different courses in one day. <laughs> and he he could not finish the back nine in the last I think we played 36 holes, and he was just – he said his back was about to give out. And <laughs> he said he'll never do that again. <laughs> it was, uh, we put him through the ringer. It was pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah, Ryan's good people, and he, he put me in touch with Cole, and then, uh, you know, I knew he was helping you out, and so I, he, he's a good dude. Uh, he's a really good guy, and it was cool to have him around. And he was staying at Cole's, so we uh, hung out quite a bit. Christian, so, do, you, do you ever, uh, when you're playing golf, if you're not playing so good, do you ever just, like, let one of those clubs fly and just, like, throw it in the water when you're pissed or something? Like Happy Gilmore stuff. That's what I do. I suck at golf. So, naturally, I throw a lot of clubs. <laughs> but. I was, uh, I broke my nine like, a couple weeks ago with Cole. And <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's so a, it, it's I an broke, Yeah, I broke my nine iron. I wasn't too happy, but I got it fixed in one day. So. There right. you go. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> golf is, like, like as far as technique goes, like you gotta like it is. There's a lot to learn. People don't realize. I've never played. It's very frustrating if you're not doing it right. And it's, yeah, it's so mental. You know, it's like you can be on, and then if you have one bad shot, it can ruin your day. So right. it kind of helps on the mentality side, also. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Christian, we know you're a busy guy, bud. We won't keep any longer. But thank you so much for uh, giving us part of your time this evening. Yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on. Appreciate you, Christian. All right, see you guys. Thanks, see man. Christian Craig, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, good interview, dude. Yeah. It, uh, man, I uh, I really have enjoyed watching him. I was pumped when he came out of retirement and came back. Um, he's legit. I remember back in, like, 2010 when he was on the Troy Lee team, they put him on a 450 outdoors, and he'd hold shot a moto and just lead forever, you know. And yeah, oh, yeah. Of course, he, it was freestone, and it got immensely hot. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how anybody hey, survived that day. That's impressive that a guy, you know, from – well, I guess he was probably he maybe it was in Florida at the time, but those guys come out from California and do well at Freestone in Texas. That's pretty impressive. That's because legit. It's yeah. nasty here. Well, it was no shocker that uh, Kyle Regal got on the podium that day, right? Not, yeah. Not no not a shocker in any sense that he's got that ability, but too like guy lived and trained in Texas. He was probably like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not that big of a deal. Well, you know, yeah, nobody really expected Kyle to do that well. I don't mm-hmm. think. I mean, Kyle's a fantastic rider, but. That was still impressive. Privateer bike, though. Yeah. I mean, like, he's yeah. just out there doing his deal. Yep. I've been watching a lot of old races lately, so I keep, like, making references to Right, it. right. You see that stuff you forgot about, yeah. Dude, uh, <clears throat> it just amazes me still to watch, like, the Supercross races from 09 and how amazing James was. Oh, yeah. It's just crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. From where he is now, like, he's still got it, but he hasn't had that. Like, but he's had flashes of it, but, like, right. there was nobody going to beat that guy when he went, when he didn't crash. No, know? no. It just didn't happen, so. No, it's it's disappointing that he's not around right now. But, guys, we're going to go ahead and take commercial break and be back with Locals Only. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. 
In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Dark Side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welling and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welling and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back again. Big shout-out, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, York Welling and Fab, TPJ Racing, PMP Sprockets. We're going to get to uh, our first guest in what we call our locals-only segment. It's Extreme Colors, Kirk, uh, Kirk Hunter. Kirk, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. We're good. Yeah. Just talking to Moto. Just finished up with Christian Craig a minute ago. Yeah. Can you hear us? You there, bud? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, Kirk, um, for those of you know that don't know, um, you were originally from Colorado, I believe. Let's give give us your background with motocross. Um, I started racing in 86, and it's been full-time ever since. I did uh, – I usually do between 30 and 40 races a year. I've done that pretty much ever since 1986. And uh, I moved down to Texas at the end of 2005 and been down here ever since. And during my career, I did, you know, some supercrosses, arena crosses, outdoor nationals, um, a lot of little county fair races and chased the money when I was a pro more than the, the real fame, just try to make a lot of money more than, you know, that back. But that's more what we did back in the day was go for the money. Right. So what have you seen change from, you know, starting racing in the 80s in Colorado to what it is today in Texas? You know, what, what big changes have you seen besides the technology of the bikes, obviously? Uh, you know, classes, uh, the way the tracks are run, that kind of stuff. Do you see major differences? Payouts, things like that. Um, well, I was very fortunate. Uh, in Colorado, 
Colorado had a great organization, and I'm not stretching the truth. Throughout the 80s and early 90s, we had an average of seven to 900 riders a weekend at every race. And, you know, they only had one organization in the state, only one race. Um, Back in the 80s or something, I remember some magazine article saying that behind California and Michigan at the time, Colorado had the third most top 100 national numbers back in the day. And, you know, my whole entire career, you know, whether I was in the novice or intermediate class or pros, we had full gates if not qualifiers, growing up my entire life. Wow. So that was very fortunate. Um, In 96 in Colorado, another organization started, and it just immediately split the the riders. So that right there shows me that if if you don't work together, it's not going to benefit anybody. Absolutely. Um, We're seeing that right now in the, you know, in our sport, in the pro, you know, with Supercross and Motocross, there's a lot of, they're butting heads a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, everybody's just got to work together to make the sport grow. Right. Well, and when did you say you moved to Texas? Uh, at the end, of December of two thousand and five. Okay. What what sparked that move? Um, one of my good friends had two kids that raced uh, in Colorado, and they were actually one of them ended up getting a Honda of Houston ride, and uh, you know he knew about my past and. He paid me to come down and train his son for back then what used to be called the Pro Circuit Series. So I came down here for, it ended up being like seven or eight weeks that I stayed down here in Texas. And, you know, the Pro Circuit Series was huge back then. And uh, I just fell in love with Texas, and I loved it. And I went home. I remember the date was October 9th is when I went back to Colorado. And by mid-December, I was moved to texas i sold everything and was was down here wow that's uh that's a lot of debt that's a big move that's dedication (laughs) yeah that that must you must be dedicated to to move from really nice weather to all this heat we have (laughs) during the summer yeah but from a a racer's point of view uh in colorado you don't do much riding during the winter true that right true that you know you can ride but it's, it's definitely hit and miss like oh we have a nice weekend and you know you're just kind of you know, the weather dictates what you're going to do. Yeah. So, where, where in Colorado are you from? Um, it's uh, it southeast of Denver. It's called Parker, Colorado. Oh, right on. Uh, right. It, you know, it's kind of just like, you know, like a rock wall is to Dallas, you know, to Dallas yeah. country. But um, that's where it was, basically Denver. Yeah. Yeah, my brother lived up there and uh, lived in Lakewood for several years, um, Fort Collins, Denver, uh, Gunnison, Crested Butte. He, I, he just now moved back to Texas, but I think he spent about 18 years up there. Yeah, it, it is really nice. I mean, it's definitely you don't get the heat like you do down here, but you know, you don't got as much racing and you don't got as much of that going on that you do down here. Um, I had a, I had a good customer base in Texas before I moved down here. So with the racing and my customer base already, I it was just perfect for me to move down here. Right. Well, how did, uh, well, before we get into the helmet painting, you have any highlights of chasing nationals or supercrosses? I mean, you know, whether it be results or just good stories, you know, meeting people, you have any good, anything that really sticks out? 
Well, my good stories we probably can't talk about. <laughs> nah. um, um, I traveled the country nonstop for about six or seven years. Um, did entire Supercross series, uh, outdoor series. Did a lot, a lot of arena crosses. Um, some I did as kind of like a trainer slash mechanic, you know, buddy helping, the, you know, friends out that I got paid for. Um, I raced a bunch of on my own. Um, up until they changed the national tracks, you know, I raced every one of them. You right. Know, um, you know, I lined up with, you know, on the line with McGrath and whoever was in that generation, you know, they roosted me for sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, uh, that's you know, cool. I never had much much success at the national level. I paid for everything out of my own pocket. Yeah. And, you know, it was definitely way behind the eight ball. But I had a lot of fun, and I gained a lot of experience and knowledge along the way. Well, hey, you were there, though, man. During the 90s, like, to me, that is just – the 90s are still and always will be my favorite time period in our sport. And, man, what what an awesome experience that had to have been. Yeah, like, back in, you know, back in the 90s, um, you know, they didn't really limit the who could sign up, the amount of sign-ups at a national. And I remember at Redbud, there was, like, 150 125 signed up i mean and you know we had to race saturday qualifiers for sunday and i mean and you actually did race back then to qualify it wasn't this timing stuff right right it was actual racing and man there was just so many people and it, it was to me it was a lot funner time it was more not so you know I don't know what you call it. It just wasn't as it wasn't as professional, which that ain't good. But yet, it was more fun. It, it was just a a lot more fun back then. Not not so much pressure. Right, right. And that probably brought a lot more people to the sport. You know, we've we've noticed a little bit of a decline in in the sport in the last few years, and maybe that's part of it. You know, uh, the fans don't really have access to the to the riders like they used to. I mean, when I started racing, the riders were still in box vans. Right. And, you know, you you didn't go into an 18-wheeler and hide. get out of sight. You you really couldn't hide back in those days. Yeah, yeah, I remember I, that. You're right. That's I a miss big, those days. That's a big deal. I mean, to the, the fans that are paying the big dollars to go to races, they want a chance to meet their favorite riders, you know, and get autographs. And and, and a lot of a lot of the how they're running the nationals now, just all in one day. You know, that's really kind of taken away from the sport too. You know, like I said, we used to have Saturday practices and then Saturday qualifiers. And, you know, the people that go to the Nationals for the entire weekend, they got to see all the top riders out practice on Saturday. You know, there was more practice time. And mm-hmm. just they, they got to they see more. And, you know, they got to see the riders and the factory teams not be under, under the gun, under the pressure for every second of the day. You know, they had Saturday when they were all more laid back and, you know, almost more approachable. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of little things like that where the, the professionalism of the sport has is hurting the sport. And if you, you look at NASCAR, they're trying to kind of go back to the old days where the fans could see more. And, you know, they're making the glass pit areas where fans can go watch. And that's definitely something that needs to be looked at in our sport is just the accessibility for the fans. No, I totally agree. Well, I agree. Yeah, that's those are the people paying to come watch, you know. Yeah, for sure. 
Did did you think uh, did you but you know you raced through the nineties? I don't know uh, at what point you stopped going to the to the nationals, but did you think in ninety seven when somebody showed up on a four stroke that it would get to where it's at now? Like that we would just be doing that in professional racing? Um, I didn't, but uh, I grew up in a in a stock car family. My dad raced stock cars, and I never he never pushed me to race motorcycles. He didn't want me to. Uh, he definitely helped me a lot, but there was, uh, back in, this kind of all ties in, back in, uh, I forget what you got, I think it was 1990, um, at a Paris race in California, they had a $10,000 invitational supercross race, like a week or two before Anaheim, and we're sitting there watching this race, and, uh, you know, my dad, a stock car racer who, you know, I think knows nothing about motocross, goes, boy, that McGrath kid, he's going to be somebody someday. And I looked at him, I'm like, whatever, you know, and I just, and so that definitely got proved wrong. And then all my times when I was racing, you know, 80s and stuff back in the day, 125s, my dad's like, I don't know why they don't race four strokes, they're so much better. And I just, whatever, dad, you don't know nothing. (laughs) So when the four strokes kind of came into the picture, and uh, I was in Vegas the night that Doug Henry won that first Supercross on a four stroke. And with what my dad had put into my brain all those years and watching Doug Henry win the race, I was kind of like, huh. <laughs> and then it just, you know, it wasn't much longer after that that they just took over. Right. And uh, I know I never thought they would ever be like they are, but they definitely are. Do, do you think it's hurt racing on the local level, Annie? Um, it has definitely helped, like, the vet riders. Um, I, I think that's why, that. <laughs> that's why we have so many vet riders, because they can go out and, kind of be lazy and ride um i think it's definitely hurt our sport overall because there's a lot more injuries associated with four strokes in my opinion because of the power uh they they throw you to the ground much different than a two stroke throw you to the ground and also anybody can twist the throttle on a four stroke and jump something and get in trouble whereas on a two stroke you actually had to have the ability the ability to ride the motorcycle go through the corner to carry the speed to jump something before you could get into trouble. So I definitely think they're actually hurting our riders at a young age, which that's not good for anybody in the sport. No. no. Um, I think it's hurt the professional level too, because for the same reason, really, that the talent that it took to ride a two stroke and to maybe not make a triple because you block past somebody in a corner, you know, now you, you could block past somebody, come to a stop and still make the triple. And it just, I've I've long I've long said that they need to make those kids getting off super minis spend minimally one year riding racing nothing but one twenty fives yeah and which with, yeah. with the OEMs not everybody making one it's obviously that's impossible but they gotta I mean that's how you learn proper technique in my opinion ride a two stroke you'll have because you have to ride them right there's no other way around it you know absolutely and I I remember one time it was after I was racing the nationals I was down at Houston watching the Supercross and there was a parade lap. And, and back in my day, it was everything a 125 could do to jump a triple. You only right. had like a, you know, the top 125 riders jumping the triples, like one or two guys even. And I was, I was walking down the aisle and I, on the parade lap, and I watched, I don't even know who it was. They rolled through a corner on a 250F, came to a complete stop on the exit of the corner, looked back at the corner for whatever reason, put the bike in gear, and jumped the triple. <laughs> wow. And I was like, oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just, that's not supposed to happen. No. Right. 
Uh, I can remember races back in the day where when Kevin Windham was in the 125 class and he was the only guy that would jump a triple that night. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Everybody does it. You know? Everybody does it, and they do it at such a young age <laughs> that the kids really don't know what they're doing on the motorcycles, and they get hurt. And like I said, four strokes, for whatever reason, I guess because of the rotating mass, throw you to the ground in a blink of an eye, and, and it they just hurt for some odd reason. They're just the impacts are more. I can attest to that. So can I. <laughs> well, Kirk, let's get into the helmet painting a little bit. Um, you know, I first met you in 2007 at Badlands. I saw your setup, and I walked up to check out what you had going on. You, you know, you, you've got a style that is absolutely Kirk Hunter style. Um, you know, you've, you've been doing it a long time, and uh, I was lucky enough Friday to pick up my first helmet painted by you. Looks very good, by the way. Yeah. I've for, been admiring that, dude. And for the people that in Texas, if you've ever been to a race and seen the big orange uh, box van, and for years he had the lime green Kawasaki's ex Kirk Hunter with extreme colors, how did you get involved with that? I mean, you know, from the beginning with artwork as a kid, did you? is that how you kind of got interested? Um, no, my dad... Uh, uh, you know, like, in the, she raced stock cars, always had the custom, he had a body shop and that I grew up in. And when I was, I think I was 15 years old, the guy that I kind of, uh, that kind of trained me, um, got a helmet back from Troy Lee. And uh, they spent $800 on it. It took 14 weeks to get it. And he showed my dad this helmet on, like, Friday. Mm-hmm. And my dad went, Huh. Okay. Uh, that Saturday, we went down to his body shop. He, we took my Belmoto four. My dad put a paint job on it in a day. <laughs> I took it to the race the next day. We showed it to him, and people just their jaw dropped. Uh, the quality was phenomenal that my dad did. Everybody wanted him to paint helmets, and he said, uh, "No, that's there's no there's no money in it. I'm not gonna do it." Um. <laughs> I never had any interest, you know, I, I never really painted with them or nothing, but after that, I just started doing it almost instantly. Um, and my dad had been, you know, had one of the largest body shops in the country and years of custom painting. I had him basically over my shoulder when I got a helmet from somebody to paint. And, um, you know, back in the day, I was 15 years old in high school. I get a helmet. I charge somebody a hundred bucks for a 15 year old kid. A hundred bucks for a week's worth of work was awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you know, I had all the access to all the most high tech paints there were, and the knowledge from my dad. And I'd do something, and he was he was my harshest critic, and still to this day. And he's like, no, that's not good. You need to do this, this, and this. So, you know, I learned everything from him, and it wasn't until about uh, four or five years ago, I went up to Colorado and he was doing his own custom truck and, uh, he wanted flames on it. And I grabbed the roll of tape waiting for him to tell me what he wanted. And he said, you're better than I am at this. You do it. Nice. How awesome and, did that feel? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that was, you know, and you know, he's still to this day, you know, I, when I've been in Colorado for extended periods of time, I paint helmets at his shop and he comes in there and goes, I don't know about that one. <laughs> um, I, I get it back to the guy and I, I show him what the, you know, the guy says about it. He's like, well, I guess that's why you paint the helmets and I don't. Right, so, right. Um, 
but it's just that's all I've ever really done. Yeah, well, and for the, anybody that's interested, um, it's Extreme Colors, X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, um, and you can be find you on Facebook and Instagram, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and, and all of your paint jobs, if I'm not mistaken, are $295 flat rate. Yep, it is, and everybody asks me about that, and um, it's almost just as easy to paint 15 colors as it is one color, and, uh, you know, I just... I've seen a lot of painters, you know, charge this amount and somebody else pays this amount and the two people talk to each other and wonder why they paid different amounts. Right. And with me, I just kind of eliminated that problem. I don't, I don't even have to think about it. It's just two ninety five, and, you know, it's been that price for uh, 15 years probably because it was that price before I moved to Texas. Wow. But the economy just hasn't, you know, changed, you know, and helmet painting's a, luxury so right. i just had to stay at that price well i want to throw th- man that's awesome that, that you st- stuck with that because i really feel like that because like somebody like me i work i got kids i pay bills and stuff like i could that puts the, the possibility of getting a helmet painted and it, 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 it becomes it can become a reality for me as to where i don't have 800 bucks to go drop on just getting my helmet painted i already right. paid four or five hundred bucks for the helmet as yeah. it is you know and yeah. uh, I think that's awesome, man. I really do. Yes, and I mean, I you know, I you know, I race myself, so I understand how much it costs. And you know, I still make money on that. I would like to make more, but at the same time, I want to keep doing it and not really do anything else. So I'd rather paint three helmets for that amount than one helmet for another amount. You know, it's just uh, someday I'll go up. <laughs> well, so, I'm glad you didn't before I got mine. Right? Yeah, I'm about to send one to you here pretty soon, I think. So please don't go up again. But, <laughs> yeah, I I don't see it going up anytime soon. But so that's really that's legitimately all you do is paint helmets. No, um, no. It has been until just the last um, year or so here. Um, I've been building a house, so I just kind of had to do some. I work with a uh, uh, Matt Crouch, his father, who across the street, uh, oh, Matt okay. Crouch. You know, they're a cross-country family. They used to own the property and have actual cross-country races on the property that I live on now. So I kind of do some fill-in construction work with them here and there. And um, been doing it, doing it a little bit more regularly regularly than I want to. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do for now. Right. Oh, for sure. For well, sure. It, I, I talked to you the other day, and you were kind of up in the air about whether you are going to make it to Swan this weekend. You think you'll be out there? Uh, no, unfortunately, I'm I'm not gonna okay. be able to make it out there. Um, it's a bummer. Um, just some family issues right now. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's a bummer, but motorcycle racing will be there next week, and um, I'll be back at the track full time real soon. Glad to hear that. So, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll be at Swan this weekend, and so will Mark. And I'm gonna set up selling, you know, my goggles and stuff. And I'm gonna have the helmet on display. So if anybody is in Texas and comes to Swan, come find me, and at least you can see one of the helmets Kurt painted, and uh, it's pretty badass. You guys got to take a look at this one; it's really yeah. good. It's I, I'm fortunate enough to have a couple buddies that paint helmets and have two really badass helmets from two friends of mine, and it's almost to the point where I want to buy another helmet and not have it painted. And wear it because I don't want to mess up my artwork. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm sure Aaron is uh, is just like me, and uh, you know me and Aaron, we've 
we've been, I, I consider us friends. Yeah. Um, we understand the situation. And I think Aaron's probably like me. He'd rather have you wear your helmets and enjoy them than not. And you shouldn't worry about it because we, both of us are racers and we both know that you need more than one helmet to get through a weekend usually. So, right. you know, no one wants to put on that sweaty helmet and I don't think either me or Aaron would, care one way or the other you yeah know, i just don't want it to get scratched like i just want to look at it you know it's so <laughs> they're so awesome you know for I, I think since i was a teenager and i saw mcgrath start showing up with the really cool helmets he had in the 90s like i want a custom helmet and now that i have one like how do you wear these because Dude, they're I, too beautiful i've never had one so yeah. i'm looking forward to having one yeah, they're definitely. I mean, you gotta wear them. You gotta enjoy them, or oh, it's not will. worth doing. I will. I'll definitely have it on display. I'm not racing this weekend. I'm just hanging out, but I'm gonna bring it and show it off. So, and, and Kirk, really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, yeah, dude. I, I hope everybody checks you out. You know, if you're interested in a good helmet at a really reasonable price, you gotta get with Kirk Hunter. Uh, he's amazing, and he's just a good dude. And that's all there is to it. Well, thank you for that, and thank you guys for doing what you're doing, and you know, just getting all of us out there more and bringing more to the world of motocross here in texas it's awesome absolutely hey did that did we see kirk at uh colorado this year yes was he there yes. okay yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Did, I have yeah. met you then uh, yeah, i was yeah. with jamie yeah. at lakewood this year yeah yeah that was pretty trippy to be walking just around walked lakewood right up going, to hey there's somebody from texas there you go <laughs> yeah. yeah well for me it wasn't even even that way i just like oh hey there's jamie i didn't even you know i didn't even right yes you kind of expect to see each other at the races. That's so, true, I guess, yeah. You know. That was my first time in Colorado, man. I loved it. Yeah, that's actually um, – that track was the first track ever – first real track that I ever even rode. Really? Yep. Well, that's pretty sure cool. I, one of these days I, I hope to ride there. We're going to we're gonna try to make a couple other nationals next year. That's our goal. So I, I, I want to do Millville. I've never been – the only nationals I've ever been to are Lakewood and Freestone. That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. the ones back east, they are Millville, Redbud, those ones, Unadilla. Yeah. Uh, you won't experience anything like those. I mean, what? real quick, back when I did Unadilla, the track was still grass when we arrived there. I've heard and, that, yeah. That's awesome. And to watch that track go from grass to dirt <laughs> was amazing. I mean... And that was that was legitimate real motocross back right. in the day. Yeah, I like that they still do that at Diamond Dons for the vintage race. It's a, yeah. I, wish, I wish more tracks did it, but it's the world we live in. It's a different different time now, you know. It is prepped and pampered. Prepped and pampered. That's it. <laughs> yep. So. Well, hey Kirk, man, we appreciate your time, bud. Uh, we'll be speaking with you soon. All right, thank you guys so much. All right, thank Kirk, you. Thanks, man. Kirk Hunter, Extreme Colors, guys, hit him up. Get your helmet painted. Get you a custom lid. Two hundred ninety-five dollars, whatever you want painted, he'll do it, and and he does a damn good job yeah. too. So yeah, you know, and, and I mean, all, you know, he he mentioned Aaron, and um, you know, Aaron Smith painted from Black Sock Mafia Paint, BSM Paintworks, did my yeah. first one, and I'm not gonna say what I painted pay, paid for that one, but it was quite a bit more. <laughs> and I mean, they're both both beautiful helmets. Yeah. I love them equally. Um, I'm just I'm very grateful that my buddies are so talented. I don't I didn't get a price break. I paid. What everybody else pays, and I was happy to do Which it. Which is very abnormal. Yeah, I mean, it's same for when Jamie. I get tattoos. When I get, oh yeah, <laughs> when I get tattoos, man, I, I feel like those artists have a they a deserve skill the money, yep. and they they earn their money. I'm you know, happy people, to pay what they ask. Pe- 
same with painting helmets and tattoos. People bitch like, why does it tattoo so much? Because they can do it, you can't. Yeah, asshole. That's it. I exactly. Mean, and you can pay less, but you're gonna get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah. So and Kirk's Kirk is and and Aaron Smith are amazing helmet painter so if you guys are interested in getting a helmet painted you contact one of those guys definitely definitely so hey we're gonna do that vitard of the week at some point oh we yeah need we need to that. add that i uh, forgot I that's know. gonna be your deal i don't look at vital very much man i don't either so tj, TJ no, will have T, to kind of tj's gonna have to do that yeah but somebody was bitching about me saying i don't remember what they how i addressed the guest or some shit oh really remember. yeah on vital yeah, they replied to like TJ's thing or whatever. Oh, see, like, Shut I, the fuck up, dude. Sorry. I just don't. <laughs> I don't spend. I feel like I spent so much damn time already on Twitter and Instagram yeah. that I don't really ever look at Vital. Nothing against Vital. I just don't get to it. Yeah. Honestly, as big of a pulp fan as I am, I never get on the Pulp MX website. I don't either. I, I never just, do. I have to limit it at some point. Yeah, I, no, I just have, do social media. I don't get on any yeah, of websites. Yeah, I have that Star Wars time, you know. <laughs> but I just didn't know we had like a criteria by which how we speak to people. Like this is a oh, hey, shitty little motocross people, show. We're doing it at somebody's house. People have their opinions, and dude, yeah. let them have them, man. If they're I'm listening, glad. I'm happy. I'm happy too. But I still got to. I got. You know? We got to talk about it. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to. It. We got to get to how tonight, and um, we got to pick a winner. So yeah. Yeah. Do, are we going to do another break? Are we ready? No, for let's that? go ahead and do that right now. Pick those pictures up. Let's go ahead and do okay. that. Okay. Um, yeah, how we got five minutes. We'll do that. <laughs> this there might be a little bit of dead air as I try to pull some of this stuff up. No, uh, no, just keep I've it got on. We'll one start. that I felt like is the winner. Yeah. Um, do you want me just to pick it myself or do you want to choose? Let me let me look at them too and see if okay. I agree. I bet I, I gotta agree. find them. That's the problem. Okay. Jamie we so, do all his uh sex pictures. Got this one? Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. And that one? That one's good. And those were the two best ones, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I've got one. Let me see the other Hang on. one. Make, Let me make. find the other one real quick. i got to remember where they're at. Mm. Oh, don't worry about it. That Let's one pick. on your home screen looks pretty good. Yeah. The, oh, so I win? <laughs> yeah. Sweet. I don't really need another set, but I'll take it. No. Uh, James, um, you can't win either. Dude, I know. I like. I was looking, and I was like, man, I got some really good pictures in here. Yeah. I'll sell you a set. Shit. <laughs> well, I have a set, so I don't need to win. I'm good. I got carbon braces too. Mine are legit. Dude, where is the oh, other yeah. one? See, I wasn't prepared for this. Unfortunately, I thought we were gonna take. Well, a break, I think so. you've already narrowed down the best two. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I really feel like one of those. So let's go back to those, uh, and then uh, then you can pick. I'll Show let- it to James too. See which one he thinks. Why? Mm. Just do it. <laughs> all right. Mm. So there's that one. So all right, as the two that are left over, um, one of our uh, Instagram, Twitter followers, mxnut23, has this one of his dad. All right, so uh, so who his, wins? His dad, is, his, dad? his dad is sixty-four years. His dad, I guess. Yeah, it's his dad. His dad. Win. Well, honestly, his dad's sixty-four. Maybe he. So probably MX Nut would win the bra- the braces. I'm okay with that. If he's a listener, well, I'm fine dad. with it too. I'm so just saying the guy that riding his, that old bike probably needs him more than his anybody. dad is sixty-four years old, <laughs> um, and he's wearing X-Brand goggles. And then uh, oh, T well, Maston seven twenty-four sent this one where he's uh. He's kind of endo and going into a corner. A I do bit. like that pick. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> that, yeah. what about you? That's yeah, what I you guys like. like? I definitely yeah. like that. Okay, pick. so T Maston seven twenty four. I will message you later. Sorry, You're dude. the winner That's for the the, uh, the yeah. first pair of All Sport Dynamic braces we give away. I'll get with you uh, in the next probably tomorrow sometime. And um, T Maston seven twenty four. Yeah. You got some uh, All Sport Dynamic braces coming yeah, your I'll way. I'll get man. with you. Get your information. We'll get with Jeff Brewer at All Sport and make that thing happen. So yeah, I'll hit you up soon. 
Cool. 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 Well, hey, yeah. do we have any updates on the grill? Like yeah, gonna... The grill's ready. We just got to get the contest okay. going. Let's wait till so... TJ comes back and we'll figure that out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're going to figure out some criteria for that one. It's going to yeah, be a little that's harder. Be a to big win. One. Yeah. We're going to be a little harder to win that one than it is. Uh, it's uh, because uh, just of what it is, you know. It's a hey, Kirk, pretty, just, pretty expensive grill. Kirk Hunter just texted me and he said he wants to do something as a giveaway in the future. Let's do it. So, you Let's know, I, I doubt that's going to be a full helmet paint job, but maybe he'll give somebody a discount. So, hey, man, you guys need to keep listening and spread the word because the more listeners we have, the more the more downloads we get, the more stuff I can yeah. get from our sponsors to give away. PMP's you, waiting to give some sprockets away, but yep. I need to hear from you guys. You got to talk to us, man. Yep. We got to know if you want some free stuff. You yep. want us to keep doing this stuff. You got to let us know about it, man. I don't care if it's vital. I don't care if it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, shares, posts. Talk to us. Tags. Let us know. You know, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're feeling. Jamie, have Yo. you put that picture of that new helmet on uh, any of the any of our uh, social media accounts? Uh, you need to. I put it on mine. I don't know if I tagged it in the show. Or no, not. dude. Just we'll, we'll, I'll uh, do it later. I'll yeah, do. I'll do. I'll put. I'll do the Instagram. We got to get that picture up. You guys got to see this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really awesome. And a lot of people won't know. Like the one side of it is a Star Wars based theme, and if you're not a Star Wars fan, you're not really going to know what it is. But it still based, looks cool. It's based off uh, Luke Skywalker's X-wing pilot helmet. Mm-hmm. So unless you're a nerd like me, you probably won't know what it is. But I love it. <laughs> I, so. I was gonna have. I was thinking about getting Kirk to do like the rad racing helmet. Oh yeah, yeah. Mood, but it doesn't look that cool. Right. Like it, well, here's the the coolest thing to me about my helmet. You can't see it, and you probably didn't even notice it. The Luke's in the movie. Luke's helmet is like it's been shot at. It has burn marks from lasers no, I and saw shit. That in there. He took he literally took the base coat off and took a screwdriver and scratched the shit out of it, gouged it, and then put the ba- the layers over it. And so like there's scratches in it where it looks like it's painted. It looks like it's been shot at or damaged, but it's not. Kirk Hunter, you're when a he bad, told me bad that, man, dude. He told me that last week when me and TJ were sitting here trying to figure out what was wrong with the computer, why we didn't have a show, and he, he called me and told me that, and I was kind of like, uh, okay. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about that. Then I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's badass. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty cool, yeah. man. I doubt it affects the I mean, it's not taillights on a helmet like McGrath's. But it's pretty fucking badass. <laughs> no, I hear you. Sorry about the language. I'm not. It's fine. It's, uh, it, uh, righty. Well, let's let's figure out how to get our next guest on the phone here, real quick. Yeah, let's take a break, real quick. All right, guys. For the second half of our locals only segment, we're gonna have our buddy Hal Simpson on. Hal, what's up, dude? Hey guys, doing well. How are y'all? Doing good, man. Doing, Doing great, good. Man. How, how, how's the kind of guy? Uh, he's simply known by his first name. That's how legit how? he is. Yeah. You just call him Hal and everybody knows <laughs> yeah. who you're talking about. As we said earlier. Uh, I'm sure, go ahead, Hal. Go ahead. I'm sure I'm sure other people have other names for me, but I'll answer <laughs> Hal. The, the guy with, I, I, I first started hearing you when you were on this Pulp Show, obviously, is Hal. And um, I don't think you've been in Texas a real long time, but up here in East Texas – we have a uh, guy, Hal, that comes out to all the races with a food truck. And the first time I heard Hal on the Pulp Show, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's our Hal, the food yeah. guy. But uh, big, is it, They call him Big Hal? Is that big it? Hal, yeah, yeah, big yeah, Hal. yeah. But then yeah, we got well, the... I, this, this Hal likes to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we got the pleasure of actually getting to meet you up at Lakewood, man, and... Um, Dude, you're just a, you're a really nice guy and love the sport and... Um, and ride and participate and race yeah. quite a bit, man. Oh yeah, dude, man. Honestly, man, moto's my life. You know, I, I and I say that kind of jokingly. Through, uh, I love the sport. Grew up in it, and uh, gosh, man, I 
I make my living so I can support my habit, you know? Right. Yeah, so um, how long have you been in Texas? Well, dude, I, I, I grew up in Amarillo, Texas, man. Okay. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a Texan. I'm a real Texan dude. So. Um, uh, been, been, been here all my life with the exception of about, uh, you know, 17 years in the Marine Corps. Uh, that took me away for a long time. Thank and, you for uh, that. Yeah, thank you for that, buddy. Uh, yeah, yes, sir. Semper Fi, man. Uh, so uh, after the Marine Corps, I, I uh, joined the state in the Marine Corps, joined the Reserve, and uh, deployed all over the world and, and uh, became a police officer uh, in Amarillo. Uh, had a great time doing that. Another, I another thankless job. That's... Yeah, no, no kidding. And money, moneyless, too, right. by the way. Um, and... Uh, uh, I went into the private contracting world and went back overseas and lived in the Middle East for a number of years. Wow. Uh, worked working in that world, and uh, uh, now I, you know, lived on the East Coast, lived on in North Carolina. Some great moto there, man. Great moto. Um, and then, uh, then uh, came back to Texas. Uh, came to Houston uh, last year when I got, you know, kind of one of those jobs of the of the lifetime you can't turn down. And, uh, you know, back in Texas. So, yeah. Texas boys back home, dudes. Yeah, well, I knew you were back, you know, back here. And I guess I didn't realize, I haven't known you long enough to realize that you were from here originally. I just knew that you were hadn't been in Houston very long. And um, I guess you just got some news recently that you're going to be transferring. Do you want to talk about that or should I leave that alone? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's cool, man. Yeah, uh, you know, I worked for a Fortune 50 company. Uh, and like I said, man, it's the job of a lifetime. It's one of those jobs you can't turn down in a, you know, uh, just a, a normal moto kid like me, this is uh, not one of those jobs that you'll ever get again, you know. So uh, i got to feed the family, got to support my habit, and uh, factory editions aren't cheap, so <laughs> i got to follow the money. And <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, when the boss says, hey, man, uh, we're going to give you a nice promotion, give you some good money, uh, you got to go to Colorado. But the good news is, dudes, is I'm uh, the house that we're looking at is, Exactly, thirteen minute drive from uh, from Lakewood nice. from the track. That's awesome. Now, yeah. off that subject, yeah. real quick, I, I assume with this new job, you're going to start sponsoring Mark and myself for right. We're we're gonna we're gonna ride out of the Hal truck. Yeah, that, yeah, we're Hal gonna, Texas that, Team Hal. <laughs> Absolutely, for for one race a year, you have a full ride. Hey, hey. that's that's the best deal I've ever got. Do I get to ride a factory edition? <laughs> get to run the get data. Well, hold, hold it, hold it, hold it a second. If you say you get to ride my factory edition, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with my Honda. No, nah, okay. yeah, I'm good with my bike. I'm kidding with you. But we'll put how graphics on it. So, well, so how you've been running uh, a number of races lately? But you're in the you're doing the District 40 series, right? The ten, no, 20. The 20. 20. The southern, oh, we're southern. 41. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, okay, 41. we're 41. I, my yeah. bad. Um, so how's that going for you? What tracks have you raced so far in that series? Well, uh, you know, of course, Three Palms, um, uh, Murphy's, uh, Freedom, uh, Austin Duvalle, uh, uh, mostly those. Um, okay. I, no, I'm probably forgetting, forgetting one or two. Oh, uh, um, Freestone. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, man. I, I've ridden, uh, of course, I've, I've ridden the EMX series. I rode the uh, Knight series, and now the uh, Texas State Championship. I'm trying to qualify for uh, District 20 Texas State Championship, which will be, uh, I think, it's moved now to the second of December. Okay. Uh, here at Palms, yeah, in Three Palms. 
Yeah, I ran that series up here the first two years they had it. Um, the first year, I think I qualified third, or, no, maybe seventh in our area, and then at the finals, I was running second, and I stalled the bike on the last lap and ended up sixth. Yeah. And then the next year, Man. I got hurt. That's when I punctured my lung at Swan, and that was it. I was That's done. That's why Jamie don't like riding at Swan. Yeah. He's hurt out there all the time. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's another track I've ridden. I've ridden Swan once. I raced there once, but it wasn't a District 20 deal. Right, right. Hell. Yeah, and, and this is my – man, I took it. You know, when I was working for Uncle Sugar and running around in uniform, of course, didn't have any money, but uh, didn't have time to race. So, you know, I grew up racing moto in the 80s, and, uh, you know, just uh, – it was my life. Like I said, man, I, I lived it. I breathed it. You know, all I wanted to do. And, uh, you sound like gringo. No money and you – no, know, yeah, yeah, well – you know, it's kind of funny. You know, I heard that cat a few days ago, and uh, God, man, I, I, other than the uh, nefarious stuff, uh, our, our lives sound kind of similar. You know? <laughs> You're right, right. It, uh, it, uh, I, I've always known where, you know, the, that group of dudes in that were in that life, that time back in the '80s, man. If you were in moto, it's kind of like your stories are interchangeable. But you know, I took a I took a 30 year break, man. I mean, wow. I. I with my Marine Corps career, with the law enforcement career, and of course living in the Middle East, you know, uh, rapid and too popular in Baghdad. Right. Uh, so I, uh, I, man, when I when I, I got to North Carolina, dude, I was driving down the street and down the highway. I see a sign. It says Moto Event, and there's a big red arrow. Dude, I'm running like 65 miles an hour in the interstate. I fucking J turned my truck like <laughs> like. A, <laughs> like a stunt man, dude. And I went to see this moto. First time I'd been to a motocross, motocross track in 30 years. I sat there in awe, and I, and I called my wife, and I was like, you know, my, me and my wife met at the motocross track. Oh, in And uh, I raced with her brother. I grew up with her dad working on my motorcycles, teaching me how to change spark plugs and stuff when I was, you know, 12, 13, after my, you know, when my dad passed away. And, dude, I was, I, it was like I was hooked again. I was always hooked, you know, but, it was like uh, I hit that pipe again, man, and I just from that day forward, I told you, I got, I got to have a bike. Yeah, I'm gonna go ride. And it was game on. It was game on. And my first race here in Houston, um, I, you know, I joined the motocross club in North Carolina. I rode. I practiced. I tried to get back in moto shape. Didn't race, but still hung out. Worked at the track. My first race at Three Palms, and dude, I finished third. <laughs> Hell yeah. In, in the 40-plus class, and I, I was done. I'm, I'm finished. I, I, I'm, I'm hooked. Yep. All my money's gone, and I'm the happiest <laughs> dude on earth. <laughs> yeah, and, and your wife's pretty supportive of that? Does she come to the races, or is she just kind of oh, – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She Very does. good. She races, and, uh, you know, she's my pit tootsie. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, of course, of course now, now when I'm out riding, she's, you know, she's supportive. Right. I come in and all of a sudden she's Roxanne DeCoster. She knows more about fucking motocross than anybody. That's awesome. And critiquing me, you know, you're you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, and I'm like, look, geez, I'm trying to get my lungs back in my fucking body. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, give me like 20 minutes to catch my breath. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, you, right. go ahead. No, he just said yeah, right. Oh, oh no, no, I, I was just laughing. I was just laughing. So you grew up riding in the 80s. You you did some riding in North Carolina. You're back in Texas. You've been in Colorado. What? What differences do you see in the sport throughout the, the different areas, and what similarities? Yeah, well, it's a great question, man. And, 
you know, the, the dudes in North Carolina, and, you know, I tell you, it's really hard to compare in some ways, but easy to compare in the others. Um, the, the, the scene in North Carolina, it's a little bit different. And, and you know, I, and of course, I've tried to, you know, when I go to the Nationals, and, and me and Julie go to three or four Supercrosses a year, a couple of Nationals a year, uh, and we try to stay in touch. We love it. We both love it, right? So I, I go around and talk to folks, and, of course, I'm a, I'm a Dean Wilson fucking super fan. I, I think the dude is just awesome. Absolutely. But, you know, one, one of the dudes that we like, uh, you know, is Cooper Webb. And, you know, he's from that North Carolina area. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the folks in the Elizabeth City, Virginia Beach area, they've got this little club called EMX, ECMX, sorry, Elizabeth City Motocross. And it's a private track. So uh, bear with me a second. I'll, I'll kind of explain it to you. It, okay. it, it's a group. It, it's a club, right? So you pay dues every year. and you, you But you have to work at the track. Right. So it's they have track work days. So you go and you work. And, you know, like for a long time, man, I was one of the water dudes. I would dig holes. I would repair water lines. I, was, I would water the track. I would drag the hose around. And I just loved it. I loved the people. I loved working at the track. I, I, was, just, I was back at home, you know. And at the races, you know, you got to be a flagger. you got to walk. Between motos, you, know, you got to go out and water the track. But it's a family. Yeah. And then during Monday through Friday during the week, you have a key to the gate. And you can go ride the track if you want. Um, then I became a tractor guy, a tra- track prep guy, and I got to do a little more work on the track. But the difference between that and, say, like three palms is you pay your money, right? Mm-hmm. You go ride the track, but they would never let you manicure the track. They would never let you drive the track. It, it's almost like it takes the, the difference between ECMX and, the, God, those are great people. I wish everybody in motocross were like these people. They're such fantastic people. Um the difference is you have ownership of the track. You yeah. know, that's why I manicured it. I watered it. You care about it, right? Take a little more pride and, in it. Yeah, and I got, a, I got a key to the door. I can, like, come ride on Monday if I want. You know, when I when I work in North Carolina, I'd take my bike to work. I'd, I'd stop, and I'd ride after work, and I had the key to the gate, right? It was on me. So I took ownership of that. And now it's it's the, the tracks that I see here, and they're fantastic tracks. I'm not beating these tracks up at all. These people are fantastic. Right. Best tracks, awesome. But it's not. There's no ownership, right? So you have the riders bitching and complaining, or the guys at ECMX. Well, hey, jackass, go get the fucking water hose and water <laughs> it yourself if you don't like it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's ownership, and it's like it's like a family. It's like a small bonded unit together, and you have skin in the game. You pay your dues, and you put out your sweat and your blood and your tears. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you say that because I've got a buddy up here in Gilmer, a little bit north of us. His name's Michael Gage, and he's got a little training facility. It's got three rut tracks and an arena cross track. It's all overgrown now, but I've been telling him for years, you know, you need to knock the arena cross track down because anytime anybody comes out there, it's too difficult for pretty much anybody other than like Ben LeMay or somebody like that that's come out. So put in like something simple that vet guys can ride, and, you know, you can start charging – you know, five bucks, whatever, to come ride. And he called me the other day and said, what do you think about basically what you just said? Let's do, you know, you pay dues and you become part of an organization and you come out and you weed eat and then you ride. And, you know, you pay your dues and yeah. you ride anytime you want. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. I know that helps out with the liability yeah. aspect too. Yeah, you know, and there's a, we have a cross, I don't know if you call it cross country, there's a place in Gilmer called Barnwell Mountain where mm-hmm. guys do some off-road riding and they have a, a club like that where you pay dues and you have a meeting every couple months or whatever and discuss yeah. things and yeah i mean there's a track in waco that does the, that very membership yeah. club thing waco eagles it's a and, good idea 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they have a, they have an elected board. Um, they they lease the, the property. They have an elected board. They have officers in the and they collect. You know, they have they have a gosh, they have thousands and thousands of dollars in their bank account. They own their own equipment. I mean, dude, it was it was a, a very well run business. Now, granted, you have to have people that are invested in that to do it, and, and they want to give the time. And believe me, don't take me wrong. I'm not busting the motocross scene here. I know there are tracks in this area that probably do the same thing, but it just seems to me from a consumer standpoint that this is more, it's more run like a business here yes. instead of a, instead of a, uh, a club, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, that's it just, right. Yeah. And that's the way I see it. And, and it, it, you just don't have the, God, uh, you guys are going to fucking throw knives at me, but it just doesn't seem to generate the rider loyalty. You know, like I, ECMX in Elizabeth City, I'll consider that my moto home. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't grow up there, I was only there for a couple of years, that's that, that that's kind of my moto rebirth. I'll always consider that place my home truck. Um, just because of the aura, the people, and just the good the good vibe there, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, that, that's the differences that I see. You know, but right. again, my, my exposure here is is just from a rider's perspective. Sure. I had that well, so maybe maybe I'm a little bit skewed. No, I mean honestly, that's the whole. I think the whole reason Mark started this locals only segment was to discuss things like that, get opinions like that, get views like that, so that maybe we can do some make some changes, you know. And it's going to take the track owners coming on board. But you're right, um, it is a more of a business for these tracks. Um, our local track, Swan, you know, they're one of the only tracks that I know of where you can pay a membership, and there may be other tracks like this, but you can get a, a gate pass. A card, you know, open the gate, I guess. Like, Mark would go ride after work when he has yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can't go work on the track necessarily, but you do at least have access to it. And I don't think that's, you know, the other tracks in this area don't have that. Yeah, most most any given day, like, if I want to go spin laps after work, I can. Unless, unless he's got it closed for maintenance or something right. like that. But, I mean, you know, it might not be prepped every day, but so what? Right. You still get to go ride laps, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing at ECMX, man. You go out there and ride on a Wednesday. It's a sand track. It's fucking hammered. It's hammered. <laughs> but let me tell you, man. I'll tell you, I learned to ride again there. Yeah, right? oh, absolutely. I learned to ride, and so I got my fat, jiggly ass out there on my brand new 450 Factory Edition. Bounced around like an idiot, but guess what? I got in shape. I learned to ride. I got my technique back, and and then on come Sunday, guess what? Tracks prep. It's fucking fantastic. Right. Yeah. Then you yeah. can fly. I spent quite a bit yeah, and, of time doing that same thing. You know, and, and what other tracks? Every year they have a pro jam. They call it pro jam. Well, guess what happened? Cycle Trader. Cycle Trader is uh, part of a Dominion Enterprises deal. It's based out of North Carolina. Uh, sorry, out of North Virginia. Well, Brian Boma, the president of the club, his wife is associated uh, family ties. I could be speaking out of turn or out wrong there, but she's associated with the Cycle Trader Trader Trailer, the an Enterprises piece. Well, of course, what do they have? Cycle Trader Motocross. Mm-hmm. Every year, they have the Pro Jam at ECMX. The whole Cycle Trader team, all the riders, I mean, check it out. Look at it, look at their Facebook. Just a couple of weeks ago, they had the Pro Jam where the entire Cycle Trader goes out to that track, members only, and they ride with the Cycle Trader team. Yeah, I mean, they're, cool. they're there to awesome. help all the dudes. I mean, tell me where else that happens, where you're crawling through the cycle trader bus and and hanging out with dudes. Yeah. Um, I, I I met Benny Bloss and uh, Martin there a couple of years ago 
I mean, they were talking to me like I was somebody, and I'm just a fucking nobody member at ECMX. But because of that, I'm somebody to them. Man, that's deal. awesome. I really think I wish somebody would really adapt, ad, you know, adopt that model here in Texas, but do it on the scale like what he's saying. Yeah, because I know they do it at Waco Eagles. It's a little different there. It's not not that big of a deal. And if you want anything done, you kind of got to go through the president and if, right. if he'll do anything at all you're lucky and things like you know what i'm saying like i think the problem with that is that people are just so used to in general you do something a certain way for so long and then you hear some other way and you're like well, that's dumb yeah it'd be hard to get people to yeah. change but it sounds to me it sounds like a good idea and i'm always up for trying something different to mm. see if it works well i'll say this a few years ago because i had a i have a, a friend that lives in waco and he who's a member there he talked the uh, owner into giving us a, giving us rain on the equipment one weekend. So we get out there the night before completely. The, the track never got prepped. It was like a speedway, just like blue groove. So we get out there, we throw some water down. I, I get on the tractor, start dragging it, water it, drag it. I mean, we, we get that thing worked in where it's pretty good and word spread really fast. They had the biggest turnout the next day out yeah. there that they had had and, and, and Lord knows when. Right. And you would have thought that would have opened some eyes, but I don't really think it did, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, people get spoiled, man. People get spoiled, and, you know, people want to just pay their money and go. But, man, dude, I grew up in I, my, my I grew up in the 80s, or I'm talking early 80s, dudes, um, in moto. And, you know, my first my first bike uh, was a, a, a Suzuki uh, DS100. Um, I had fucking lights on it, turn yeah. signal shit. <laughs> and I, I went to a... A, a, a hair scrambles at the Canadian River in 1980, I think it was 19, no, 1979. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I was a motocross star, you know, until dudes started passing me and my dad in the pickup, and, you know, here's your here's your turn signal, yeah, here's your right. headlight, like, sign off on the track, you know. But I thought I was Ken Howard. Sure. And, uh, you know, I mean, th- back in those days, dude, we, we didn't have, we said, I know, I sound like, yeah, I walked to school uphill in the snow, fuck, I got it. It was different, man. It's like it's almost like the passion is different yeah. now. Was back. and it, maybe it's supposed to be different. I don't know, but yeah, everything evolves the, and changes. You know, and sometimes for the good, sometimes not. But it's it's yeah, funny because well, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I was just gonna say that the guys here, man. And I ride three classes. I ride thirty foot, thirty plus uh, C, and forty plus C, and forty five plus C. Man. And you know, all of those dudes that I ride with, man, I don't know these guys very well, but it's like we, we grew up together. It's like yeah. we all kind of come that. And it's fun, man. I mean, it's, it's just it's just fun. I, I, I wish the community would kind of reach back into some of those classes and talk to those dudes about what it was like, you know, to have to go moto with a fucking motorcycle with turn signal. Yeah, well, it's funny you bring that up because when I, fir- I first started racing in 89, well, it was actually 90, but – um, I was 14, I think. My dad bought me an 89 RM125, and he got himself an 89 RMX, I think is what it was called back then, mm-hmm. 250, the, the desert bike, with turn signals, yeah. with a headlight. I say it had turn signals. Maybe it, it didn't. didn't have I think turn it just signals. had headlight. It had a headlight on it. But, it sure. was, but, it, but they bo- both came with kickstands, and then my first race was at, at uh, Sunrise, which is where Kiefer did his mm-hmm. testing the fr- day one. And we show up with kickstands, and these guys are like, you can't use those. You have to take those off. And, you know, my dad's out there. He thinks – my dad thinks he's hauling butt. You know, he's got his headlight on. And it's just kind of funny where, where you know, you don't know any better. You're just going out there to 
You know, and I yeah. think I think I'm fast because I've been riding for like a month in the desert. And hey, I tell you what, we were at yeah. Greenville a few weeks ago, and there were a couple dudes with headlights on their there bikes sure were. hauling yeah, ass man. too, dude. This, you could tell these are some higher level off road well, dudes. Yeah, but. if dudes ride the in the um, the woods around here, those guys are fast because. Mm. I mean, we're on wide open tracks pretty much. They're going faster than us between trees. Right, right. Some talent. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I had a – my second bike was – my dad was a World War II veteran, right? He fought in the South Pacific. He enlisted when he was 14, dudes. Went to, mm, wow. went to battle. Yeah, went to battle. Uh, you know, lied about his age. You know, of course, it was different back then. But sure. Lied about his age went and went to fight the Japanese in the South Pacific. And my dad, when, when – uh, when I, I was a little redheaded kid, I looked like Jeff Ward. <laughs> I was a little redheaded kid trying to play football in Texas. You know how that worked out, right? Absolutely. Well, I, I needed to do something. I wanted to do something good and, and fun and exciting. And so, you know, BMX was around. Well, Dad bought me the first bicycle, my, my first motorcycle, rather. I blew it apart, the race. You know, everything fell apart. Dad was like, it's a damn cat bike. You know, you can ride those damn things. That's <laughs> So he went and bought me, I think it was, I want to say it was like a 73 or 74 uh, Harley Davidson 100. Jeez. That was my second bike, right? Uh, And he was, he he was just so proud of it, man. So, and my dad was, he was a motorcycle rider. Right. He was so proud because it was an American iron, right? Probably made in Korea. Anyway, it was American (laughs) iron. And. Dude, I went out for my, you know, a couple of months later, when we went and raced again. That was the biggest dog on earth. Right. I, I, oh, it's just, it was fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, that, that, that just came to mind. Were those the, were those, the uh, w- w- those weren't the AMC built uh, Harleys, were they? Or is that right before no, that? It said, it said Harley on the tank. Uh, I think it was a 71, now that I think about it. But it was a 100. It was, it was black. And it said Harley Davidson on the tank. That's awesome, though. <laughs> it was a two-stroke. Right. <laughs> I often wonder why Harley <laughs> Davidson really never dabbled much in the dirt bike market, but uh, maybe I don't know. No, their their technology was good, so far behind. I can imagine, you know. Yeah, for good reason. It was a dog. <laughs> right. Well, how before you uh, you move to back up to Denver, we got to we got to get together and uh, we got to go ride somehow you do. get a ride on. Yeah, man, let, let's do it, dudes. I, I I'm all for it. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. My my old fat ass is trying to make it to the Texas State Championship, and I'm sure that's probably for you guys down here. That's probably nothing, but for me, no. it, it's something old. And uh, you know, I'm going to try to make it in all three classes. And um, it, I, I want to be I want to be on that starting line at three palms. That's just my goal. So oh, yeah. this coming um, this coming weekend, we're going down to. Uh, Murphy's, and uh, that's round two. And um, I got my doors blown off last weekend at uh, at Freedom, so I got some catching up to do. Or I would be down there with you guys at Swan. But what sorry, weekend? I'm, what weekend is play. the finals? Do you know? Man, I, I think it's I think it's like December the second. You know, the flood. The flood kind of yeah. changed. So um, I think it's the second of December. I, I think. Well, that's, I know that's it's a Saturday. December. Okay, so it'll. And it'll, and then, I, it, okay, it's a two-day event. It's a, it's yep. a, I think it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. So it's that first, second, third, I guess. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in my phone, and I'm going to try to come down there and at least support you, man, because I know I'm not running the series, yeah. but I, I'll do it. make a, a goal to come down there. I don't have anything on my schedule in December. That, so. You better, call, be cool, you better call your publicist and find out. Yeah, man. yeah, I have to check with my people, but 
Well, you know, you know, guys. Hey, uh, Mike Keating. I grew up with Mike Keating. Yeah, oh, wow. did you? And, uh, yeah, I did. Me, me and Mike grew up together, um, motoring down together. And that, you know, that summit has always, always been fast. Um, and and he's still fast as hell. I mean, as you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, from his, he from was he was Florida. at um, the the Moto Masters or the well, he was up there for the Moto Masters and uh, TVRC vet race that I was at a couple weeks ago at Johnsonville. Yeah, but dude, he, it's funny because he's always had like, okay, I've, I've, I've always been known for my bikes. Uh, Mike has always been known for his blown up gear. Like all his <laughs> shit's always ripped. Right. Always, <laughs> always together. His front fender's on the rear fender. You know, it, it, it's funny. just always, you know, but but he's gotten better in the, in the last years. But the dude's always, always been fast. But uh, do you have, a, do you have a, a second for a quick story? I yeah. Got Go ahead. Okay. So I was almost, I was almost that guy, right? I was almost. So I wasn't fast in the 80s. I was just fast enough to be fast, not really fast, right? Right, right. So, so, um, and of course I was, I had a paper route. I was, you know, everything I could do after, you know, my dad got really sick, everything I could do just to buy my little bikes. Well, a local dealership in Amarillo, David Brown Sports Center sponsored me, gave me bikes and parts and stuff like that. Well, um, I was more, more known for prepping my bikes. You know, I, I just loved it. I loved the engineering. I loved the, the way the bikes work, put them together. I just loved working on them. Well, I was kind of known for that, and I used to kind of sell my services. You know, I was kind of like the moto, moto whips in the 80s. You know, I would, I, I would do guys' bikes yeah. for them. And uh, I worked for some pretty good dudes way back when. I worked on Jason Upshaw's bike. Nice. Um, well, all of a sudden, dude, I, 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 my name kind of got out there. Well, Kajiva came along, yep. and a local dealer picked up Kajiva, and he was importing them, or, or he was getting them from one of the importers that was in Northern California called Howards and Sons Motorcycles. Well, Howards and Sons is in Thielen, California, around the area where Ty Davis was from, and they supported Ty, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my name kind of got back to them that I was a pretty good wrench. Well... I got a call one day from fucking Ty Davis. Wow. And this, this was an 87, 88, I think, somewhere around there. My dad had just gotten really, really sick. And um, Ty called, and he was like, hey, you know, I need a wrench. Um, I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm on Suzuki. Um, I need somebody to work with me. It's okay, well, you know, California's a long way away. Now, remind you, we don't have text messaging. We don't have emails. He's calling me on my mom's home phone. Right, right? long <laughs> distance. Just so yeah, just so everybody knows, you know. So he's telling me all this stuff. I'm like, well, you know, how much does it pay? And, you know, my dad's kind of sick. How often can I get home? He's like, man, you're going to be in the box band. I'll pay you when I win. I don't know how much I'm going to win. You know, and I'm like, oh, dude, you know. Well, my dad passed away. And I, I had to, I, I got the job offer, but show up. Wow. One I always regret in my moto career a couple of months later motocross action did a an interview and i, I don't i don't remember what magazine or i mean what issue it was but they did an issue they did an interview with ty davis and they asked him you know how did, how was it about getting going and he mentioned you know well i had a mechanic lined up the guy just never showed up <laughs> and i thought oh fucking shit if i have to be remembered for fucking something it's that you know shit that's hilarious so I, I told Steve Mathis, I was like, I was almost you, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool story, man. Wow. 
<laughs> but, but I never was, so I'm me. I'm happy. I'm good. <laughs> well, we, we like you, too. Yeah. We think you're a pretty good guy, pretty big deal to us. So, hey, man, oh, well, <laughs> things happen. Well, thanks, dude. I think you went on to do <laughs> some pretty great things serving yeah. our country, and now you're racing moto. So Absolutely. we're pumped on you. Well, I, I appreciate you guys, too, and I appreciate – you know, I know a lot of Mathis is kind of controversial, but you know, I fuck people that don't like that. Um, I, I, I just, Hell yeah. I think you're doing a good job. I think you're doing a good job. It's just, man, it's part of the community, and people yep. just need to quit finding stuff to bitch about and just fucking let's moto down, man. I yeah, agree. There's enough fucked up stuff in the world. You know, let fucked up people worry about that and let's moto. Let's, yep. do, let's do it, dude. Let's ride. We're, yeah. I want, well, I want to get together with you before you move, bud. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's make it. Let's make it a point. Let's do that. We'll, we'll do, do that it, for sure. Well, how, man? We we won't take any more of your time up tonight, but thanks for coming on here and chit chatting with us. It was awesome. Hey, dude, I really appreciate it, and, and you know, you you made a nobody like me somebody for a few minutes, so I really appreciate it. <laughs> you're a we're, all, we're all nobodies, man. Yeah, you're a somebody though. Yeah, you got that. Okay, brothers. See you, Hal. Thanks, man. Thanks, Hal. Talk to you, man. Bye, bye. Hal Simpson, our good friend Hal Simpson, good friend of the show, good guy all around, yep. badass Marine, you know, good rides moto, races, hardcore dude. Love guys, love guys like that. They're the backbone of our sport and we're going we're going to keep bringing we're going to start doing that more guys too. We're going to start bringing on more of the local guys to do this stuff with us. It won't just be people you know through the media or, yeah, or we, things like that. We're, we, some of you may get called from us or get messaged, yeah. hey, come do this with us tonight. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. We want to do a little bit of you know national stuff, a little bit of local stuff. And like local get, could be any area. Yeah, I'd like to get Robert Wells on if he can act right. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about that guy. Robert's our buddy. But what, what would he do to piss you off? Uh, nothing, really. We just – Bust each other's balls a little bit. He's all no, good. I know you'd piss him off. He said something. He cracked on you about something. I don't remember what it was. But it Who was, knows? I, mean, it I think it starts with the goggle stuff because he wears different brand goggles probably. Oh, well, and, never, and mind. We ne- just, never mind that. It might be cowboy stuff. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Well, if you don't wear X brand, never mind. But, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, hey, guys, we enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll, be back next, we'll be back next week for our uh, – our victory, uh, victory podcast for MX of Nations, MX of Nations USA victory. So appreciate it, guys. Yep. Moto X Pacho. See you next week.